Okay, here we go. Uh, welcome back to the Alpha Romeo podcast. We've got something that I don't know Alpha Romeo knows is going on. Uh, well, I don't know, but they must know what's going on because, I mean, it's the internet. People look at the internet to learn shit, and Alpha Romeo must be looking at this because who doesn't if you're an Alpha Romeo enthusiast? If you look on eBay right now, and yeah, okay, Alpha Romeo and eBay... There's tons of buys on there. There's tons of stuff on there. Most of it is really bad. But, you know, if you got nothing to start with, you got to start somewhere. And, and eBay is one of those places. So looking on eBay, and i got a safe search that's on there, you will find in the last, eh, what is it, the last two, three weeks, something like that, there are, I don't know, maybe 10 Julias on eBay and they're all over the map. Now, they're not the Quadrifolio, which is probably good for the Quadrifolio because the dealers seem to be want to hang on to that. But if you start seeing brand new cars just kind of throwing up numbers on eBay, you got to think somebody either overbought at the dealership, which could happen, and or there's just no demand for the cars. And I don't think it's because the cars are bad. I think there's just no demand because nobody has any idea what the heck they are. Now, Alpha is doing something about that. They are There's tons of ads running on TV. There's tons of ads on the Internet as well. But for some reason, they're, I feel like they're not doing enough to move the cars that, that are the volumes here in the U.S. They're really trying to make a big splash and like launch the brand and get the cars back out there. But the last thing I remember them doing great at was like the Nürburgring time last summer. The next closest thing is a Super Bowl commercial, and Super Bowl commercial is a big deal. Everybody I talked to at a Super Bowl party was like, what the hell was that car? Like, what was it? But it's like seeing Sasquatch. You're like, what was it? I don't know. And then they don't even know where the dealerships are or who has the cars or even if you could drive them or what the main features are of the car. It's really bizarre. So when you have this market that, like, can't buy the cars, what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to find buyers for your cars if you're a dealership? People are turning to eBay because the eyeballs are on the internet and they're on eBay. And, I mean, they're on YouTube, too, and they're on Google, too. But I just don't see people, obviously, buying the cars in the volumes that they expected, that Alfa Romeo expected. So, if you're looking for a car, I mean, there's all-wheel drive. If you want all-wheel drive, there's like some Julia TIs that have all-wheel drive. There's rear-wheel drive TIs that are on Julia. So these are like the 30, 38 to 45, 47, somewhere, somewhere up there, 50,000. That must be with, you know, all the options you could possibly get because um, they have the smaller engines. I think there's about 250, 280 horsepower in these cars. And, of course, automatic transmissions. None of them are manual. So zero manual cars. Just the run-of-the-mill, you know, rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, automatics with, like, blue interior and 280 horsepower. And I guess it's a luxury sedan. They call it a luxury sedan. I mean, it's 45000 When you can get a Focus RS, which has 400 horsepower, so another 150 horsepower more, let's say, all-wheel drive, it's a Ford, so it's sold at every Ford dealership in the country, and they have you know one for sale at a time, but still, they're available all over the place. If you're competing against that, I mean, it is really tough for Alfa Romeo to compete against that. And 
clearly the cars are not selling, so they're ending up on eBay. Um, I wish I had this some special like dealer stats that I've heard about in other podcasts. They're like days sold. You know, Mike from uh, Mike Brewer from um, the Velocity Show, um, Wheel of Dealers, and, and even when they were in the UK, and I was watching it on the internet. You know, downloaded from the from the internet back in two thousand nine. Uh, Brewer said that there's like a days sold on cars, and I think this is out there. You know, how many days sold? You can find out how long a car sits on the lot. And you know, Brewer came up with this analogy: Oh, it's it's ninety day white, meaning you know, if you had a white car, it wasn't going to sell for at least ninety days. So it would just sit on the deal a lot for three months, and nobody's making any money on a car that sits there for three months. Clearly, Alfa Romeo has cars sitting around not selling. Not doesn't seem to be the Quadrifoglio, the five hundred horsepower one, but clearly the the more run-of-the-mill competition luxury cars with other cars of the same price range, you know, they're not winning. They're they're losing, and they're sitting on the lot. So I don't know what they're going to do. I hope that they continue to uh, promote the car, tell people how and where they can find them, and maybe limit the inventory to some of the dealers who are then turning around and flipping them on eBay. Um, color, I was going to talk about colors. Colors are, there's all kinds of colors. I mean, there's reds, there's blue, there's silvers, there's anthracites. I mean, there's black. Look on there if you're looking for one because there's a bunch of different colors. If you want a, want a spe- special color, it seems like they're on there. On eBay, believe it or not. Maybe not at your dealership, but they're on eBay. So I am, one of the things in the technology, in Alfa Romeo's technology is... I am restoring a 73 Julia GTV into a GTAM. And the GTAM stands for GT uh, American version or GT America. And it really stood for racing class back in the early 70s, kind of mid 70s or early to mid 70s. That was a racing division that Alpha was participating in. They had won the European Touring Court, uh, the European Championships in 66, 67, 68. And they were coming to America to win races here. And they entered the, the GTAM in, in the races here. And it had a wider flared fender body, like a lot of flared fender cars were of the time. Um, fiberglass was the was the flaring material that used. And they had wider wheels and obviously a, uh, a twin spark, uh, two, two spark plugs per cylinder engine in this race series. But it was the same basic principles the same engine dimensions other than displacement and rough you know deck height or or block size from 1953 so they're running the same dual overhead cam engine in in early mid 70s that they built in the the mid 50s uh different displacement but still the same kind of geometry same engine makeup uh so i'm restoring this car and i am building building the engine myself doing everything myself and of course, we're going to go into this in other stories and other podcasts, but today I wanted to cover some of the really fine details. And people who do engine builds and do builds on cars are going to get this. But, I mean, we're talking liners that you need to buy, you know, new liners, new pistons, new rings, new new sleeves or liner sleeves. Uh, you got to get your crank polished. you got to get the crank drilled for a spigot bushing for your transmission. Just tons and tons and tons of steps to get an engine totally up to spec. And one of the things that I haven't focused a lot on, because I haven't gotten there because I was buying parts for a long time, maybe like a year, is the tolerances. You have to be able to measure your tolerances to like 
one ten thousandths of an inch, especially on like your rod bearings and on your uh, your small end rod bearings and your big end rod bearings and your crankshaft and it's just you buy all these parts. You think, oh, the parts they'll throw together and you know just assemble it like an erector set. But that is not what really happens in engine building. You need to have the tools, first of all, to measure all your parts within these really fine tolerances. And then, once you've got the fine tolerances, measure them into or or get them to fit almost like an interference fit. You know, some people are literally dropping wrist pins through the small end of their connecting rods and saying, oh, if it flows with some oil on it, if it flows slowly through the wrist pin... I'm making a sign with my hands like you can even see me. But if it, if you drop the pin through the the small end of the conrod connecting rod, it'll it'll kind of get stuck a little bit, and then it'll just slowly make its way through as it displaces the oil to the other side. If it falls through too too quickly, then it's no good, and you get the wrong size, and you need to ream out that bearing. If it stops and it doesn't make any progress at all, or it's too slow, then you need to ream out that bearing again. If it flows all the way through too fast, you need to get a new bearing and then ream that bearing again. And this is across all four connecting rods. So it's, I don't know, it's just been a real struggle to like figure out how to buy all the equipment to measure everything. Find out what the measurements are. You know, I've purchased a bunch of different books on Google Books that, that have the specifications now. But to find the tools that you can use to measure all this stuff, you really need like a full-on machine shop and or build a mini machine shop at your house to be able to take all these measurements. And it's just not something, although I really do like good tolerances on stuff, I just wasn't planning on it. So it's been a bit of a nightmare trying to figure out how to do this when um, when it's been so hard. Uh, to first pay for and assemble all the parts. I mean, there's not exactly unlimited amount of money when you got three kids and two cars and, you know, trying to to, to still keep everybody happy at home. Um, so, yeah, the tools and the tolerances and the parts all require are all needed for your engine building, and keep that in mind. I mean, I guess you can bring it to an engine shop and have them do it, but what's the fun of that? I mean... If they make a mistake and it breaks, you just blame them. If you make a mistake and it breaks, it's more fun to fix it yourself and realize how you screwed up and laugh at yourself. That's the fun part. Um, there's a couple people on YouTube that I love to follow that do the same kind of or similar stuff, and uh, I really like what they do. Um, one of them is Chris Fix. He does a lot of you know, kind of basic work on a Mustang. He's moved up a little bit now. He's doing this hydraulic e-brake thing, and he's doing dual dual calipers on the rear brakes and on the front brakes. So we've got more braking and these special brackets that go on. And, and Chris Fix is really good for that kind of stuff. But um, it's not really plug-and-play when you're talking engine building work. It's like Thunderhead 289. Yeah, Thunderhead 289. He does a lot of engine work on Fords, but it's like this backwoods, like in the shop kind of stuff. And that's what I find really interesting. The problem is he has some of the tools to make these measurements and not make total screw up of his engine. Um, then again, I don't know. I mean, does your if your engine screws up and it, and it breaks and you get to laugh at yourself for being an idiot and not measuring some of the tolerances and just slamming it together, is that fun? Kind of the roadkill style or roadkill risk, you might say. 
I don't know. I really don't want to be broken down somewhere in the middle of middle of Tennessee with my Julia and have to take it to like who knows the 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 banjo playing repair shop where they know nothing about uh, an Alfa Romeo and know nothing about the tolerances on the engine and you know I might as well just might as well just work on it myself and rent the tools that they have. So the idea is get a running reliable engine that can get twenty thousand to fifty thousand miles out of it and run it hard, run it like a race car engine, like that GTAM, kind of that GT America car that Alpha brought over to race, but not go totally insane with um, some of these tolerances, some of these measurements. And where you draw that line, I have no idea. You guys will have to just keep listening and find out how I draw that line and what breaks and what continues to screw up on that car. Because uh, I don't think anybody has the answers all the time, and I definitely don't, so... The engine build continues, and, and who knows how we're going to like keep funding it. It's just kind of out of money at, at points in time. Um, speaking of being out of money, I want you guys to listen to the upcoming segment. This is going to be my wife talking about her first car and the experiences of driving pretty much every Volvo ever constructed in the 1980s uh, while she was in high school in the late 90s and early 2000s of college and grad school. It is pretty good she's hilarious and i think you guys are gonna like it so enjoy and listen to us this is pre-recorded so listen to us uh talk about her first car in the upcoming segment all right we're back two extra minutes for one sorry that's okay all right, so first thing is first. Um, we're going to start. <laughs> Ready? First things first, what are you drinking? Well, you just poured it. I know it's that wine that we really like from Argentina. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. The Malbec. Was it Dasano? Dasano, yeah, it's the Walmart Malbec. Mm, it's very good. Yeah, it's good. Argentina. What are you I got doing? it at Kroger's, though. Mm. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Russell's Reserve bourbon. Mm. Kentucky bourbon. I think I need to step up my wine choices. You'd think that, but... To match your bourbon choices. This little bit of bourbon is the same... Mm. Is actually way, way cheaper than the wine that you drink. You don't want to do the math on this. (laughs) Are you trying to say something? I'm not trying to say anything except that... Price-wise, they're more than comparable, and you don't want the spreadsheet on the amount of wine we consume versus the amount of bourbon we consume in the price. You mean the amount of wine I consume? Well, I wasn't going to go all the way there, but yes. Mm. All right. So this is a car podcast. So My favorite. Your favorite topic. Wait, no one has any idea who you are yet. <laughs> I'm just talking out loud. <laughs> talk. Can't forget to spill it on the couch. <laughs> Couldn't you have done the intro when I was pouring the wine? <laughs> I didn't know you were still running it. Yeah, still running. <laughs> well, I'll take a word from my dear friend Mike and say thank you for having me. I'm a first-time caller, but long-time listener, or rather, long-time wife. 
long time. How long have we been married? We're going to... 10 years next December. 10 years. <laughs> Let that sink in, everyone. That's the mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> all right, all right. Forget mic drop. What's your name? Brittany. All right. So, Brittany. Brittany's my wife, 10 years, you guys know. Luckily, she's still here. She didn't drop the mic and leave. <laughs> Somehow, I've convinced her to come on to the Alfa Romeo podcast. And first thing we're going to ask about, first car. No one has any idea what your first car was, but everyone has a good first car story. Because it's impossible not to have an interesting first car story. Uh, were you given a car? Did you buy your car? How old were you when you got mm. it? Tell me about your first car. Oh, I forgot about the how old. I was in college. Yeah. Your first car was in college? Remember, single mom, five kids. You had no, no car? money. You had no car? Like 16, Mm-mm. 17, 18? Never. I drove my friend's cars or my mom's Volvo station wagon. So when did you get your license? You didn't get your license in college. No, I got my license when I was 16. Okay. So so what was the first car you had at 16 that you had access to? It's not your own car where you own it. What- oh, that doesn't count. I drove my friend's cars... And my mom had a Volvo station wagon. Okay. And this is 80, this is 90, what, 97? Graduated 2000. I didn't get my license yet till I always remember it was like junior year because I was young for my grade. It's must have been 99, 98, 99. What did you, what do you remember about the Volvo? How it looked, how it smelled, how it drove, anything. What do you remember? I didn't I didn't have any attachment to it because all my friends had their own cars. So I was more attached to my friend's Volvo who had a Volvo station wagon. My friend Kit Kat because okay. I got to ride in <laughs> hers all the time and drive Kit-Kat. hers. Okay, this is already good. <laughs> so her name is Kit Kat mm-hmm. and she owns a Volvo. And I was this in her car. This wasn't her stage name or anything. This is like her yes. actual nickname. Well, Kat. But I called her Kit Kat. Okay. But yeah, my mom had a Volvo. Whenever I drove it, it was like driving your mom's car. I mean, you must all remember those. I mean, I was excited to be driving, but... True. Mostly, I drove other people's cars. All right, all right. So first, owner... I'm totally wrong. Intoxicated. You wouldn't even know... You think I just met this woman five minutes ago. (laughs) Oh, no, she didn't have a car in high school. (laughs) I thought you knew that. Tell me about your first car. Your first car. You own... Your first car. Why did you need to get a car if you didn't For have For college. One? So freshman year, mm-hmm. I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So um, I would have to, like, get rides home from this guy, Alex, in my dorm because the school was, like, 10 hours away. Okay. So I didn't go home a lot. <laughs> well, probably not. And you could leave your stuff there in the summer and everything. So I never had a car, and then I really wanted one, and I was working and saving and everything. It's just that... In high school, I was working like crazy, but I was saving for college, so I didn't buy a car. Okay. And uh, so sophomore year, the summer before school, I was saving money to buy my own car, and then what were you doing to save the money? What Mm -hmm. were everybody was doing some horrible job as a you know teenager teaching babysitting teaching. So you're like tutoring, tutoring, babysitting. Well, like summer camps, and um, you know, kids with disabilities like they come in for the summer. Um, at my mom's school. Cool. Uh, I think. And so I was saving. And we 
ended up like passing down through the family, I got my stepsister's car, which was a Volvo, another Volvo. Another Volvo. My family must have a thing with Volvos. <laughs> and what's really bad is I can't remember the model. I just know it was an 82 sedan. 82 Volvo. Mm-hmm. So it's 20 it years old. It was called the Tank. That's oh, that's my, the name. It has a name. That's what my friends, we called it, we called it the Tan and Taupe Tank. <laughs> Because when you drove this thing, you sat so low, and the it was so heavy. Like, you could be going up a hill, and you'd be like, I think I can, I think I can. But then you'd go down the hill, and it was like, so heavy. So my friends nicknamed it Tan and Tote because something about Mary came out. Okay, and yeah. his tuxedo was called Tan and Tope, and it was the same color as my car. Wow. Yeah. It was like dark brown on the stunning. inside. So on stunning. It was stunning. <laughs> it was the tan and taupe tank, and we loved that thing. TTT. Oh, it wasn't just tan and taupe. You had like, it had a triple T. The tan and taupe tank. We all loved that darn car. And it just kept going and going. So did anyone else have the, have cars in college? Or you just kind of had the TTT and that was it? No, everybody had cars, but I had the TTT. <laughs> it was famous. It was so old. I mean, it was so old at the time. Okay. And it was a blast. And so, you didn't always know if you'd make it. And it was way back in the day when the CD player, you had to plug it in through the tape deck. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So you had like the portable disc player. And the slotted tape deck with yes. the cord sticking out of it. Yes. Got it. And I got that as a gift from my sister, Brooke. As like a hand-me-down gift or like a oh, brand Oh, totally new? hand-me-down. I don't think they oh. ever bought me anything. Because <laughs> I think she upgraded to a car that had a CD player. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, first car is the TTT. I'm going to call it the TTT now from now on. It's the TTT. You're in college. Any crazy stories? Did it ever get wrecked? Did it ever get crashed? Did it ever break down on the side of the road anywhere? It it would pass inspection with duct tape. <laughs> My favorite one was the guy looked under the hood and he was like, like I didn't actually do the duct tape. He was like, hold on. And I guess because I was like cute college chick and he duct taped it for me and he's like, all right, that'll do. <laughs> I didn't do it. You did that. <laughs> And it passed. Something under the hood got duct taped. <laughs> Have you ever lift? Did you of the TTT? Did you ever lift the hood yourself and look underneath to it? Check the oil because you used to have to do the stick. Oh, so you would like you've checked the oil I in the have. TTT? I know how to do that. Okay, that right. might be it. Oh, and fluids, washer fluids, right? Okay, well that's true. I don't know. People mm-hmm. stop at gas stations. People do it. For and you. I have one of those tire pressure things because it was such a heavy car. I mean, sometimes you had to check those wheels. Oh. <laughs> Just the stock weight of the car. It was not so co- heavy. I have to get you a picture. Not because it <laughs> this was... This was an awesome car. Not because you had stuff in it. Like, it's just the weight of the car yes, normally. Was, I mean, I'm not kidding. You'd go up a hill and you're like, I think we'll make it. And then you go down the hill and you're like, damn. <laughs> All right, we're cracking each other up. No one else is laughing, <laughs> listening to this. All right. So, did it never left you stranded. It just always ran... Mm-hmm. Beginning to end, never had a problem. Never had a breakdown. All right. Well, story. what happened to it? What was the end? How did it get to the end? 
Mm. Everyone has an end story. Well, something started breaking and, you know, and I paid and like fixed them because the car kept going. And every time you took it somewhere, they'd be like, this is an antique. Volvo's last forever. <laughs> yeah. Keep it going. And they were right. But then I didn't have it too long because, um, yeah, senior year, I ended up getting something else. But um, it was the summer I came home and I was living with my sister, Brooke. We were living in my mom's house. She was gone. So we had the house to ourselves and we were working and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And my the car died. It was, we were just the... It started making a really loud noise. So when I'd pull up to a gas station, true story, they'd say, ma'am. Ma'am. I'm pretty sure. Cause Marilyn, 20 whatever. years old, you're yeah. ma'am. Let's talk And about. they were like, uh, maybe it was miss. And okay, miss, yeah. Uh, diesel's over there. Oh, they like, thought it was yeah, a diesel. No, no, not diesel. Which all of a sudden made the car not cool. Because, like, my friend had a Volvo diesel, and apparently her car was, like, way cooler than mine. Plus, hers was powder blue. Powder blue mm-hmm. diesel mm-hmm. Volvo. Damn. You, you seem to be, like, associated with all people who drive Volvos up until the age of, what, 22 or <laughs> must something? must have been a Maryland thing. I don't know. Apparently, everybody you yeah. knew drove an old Volvo. Yeah. That's weird. Um. So, anyway, so we realized it was the carburetor <laughs> something the pipe underneath the car oh the catalytic converter yes, yes. it the- had like a big hole in it and it was making it really loud <laughs> so- and they said it wasn't worth it because it was going to cost all this money with all the other little things that were wrong like the oil leak and this and that so it was so loud and then it eventually like broke like it fell off the car mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it did. So what happened? Did you trade oh, it in? That's did better you than sell my friend's it? Volvo, whose the transmission dropped out while driving. What? <laughs> that just dawned to me, Sarah's mom. We got stranded. <laughs> it dropped on the highway. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like, it just like dropped. Something just fell out and the car stopped on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and the on. car had a car phone i know sarah so i i have the context but nobody listens knows who this person is so like so sarah's mom so this is totally, <laughs> <laughs> totally off topic we can talk no, no, about no. it another time it's a totally different mama <laughs> Don't buy a Volvo. Uh, so you've talked about like five <laughs> I never realized it until talking to you that like everyone had a Volvo. Except for the really rich cool kids. They all had BMWs and Mercedes. <laughs> so the Volvo was the poor man's car. Apparently. <laughs> because they supposedly last and they were safe for your children. Okay. All right. I don't know brother, where the heck we were we? The Volvo. All right, all right, all right. So okay, back on topic. So oh my God. the car <laughs> it like so died. Like they were just. I mean, it stopped working. So you brought it to a shop. They wouldn't fix it, or they told you it was going to be too much to fix. Yeah. So I worked my butt off. I worked three jobs that summer to buy myself a new car so I could get to college in the fall. I mean, I was like, this is it. So you didn't. So you like borrowed a car all summer to save. So up. my mom was in Hawaii with her new grandkids. Okay. So my um. I got to use her Volvo, and at this time she had another Volvo. <laughs> this wow, 
lots of Volvos. She had another Volvo, but it was stick shift, and I didn't know how to drive stick shift. And my sister Brooke was like, "Well, gotta learn if you want to get this to work." This is the sixth Volvo we've talked That's a about. Lot of Volvos. <laughs> Just letting you know. Come um, on. Brooke drove a Saab, so that wasn't a Volvo. All right. So she taught me, and we went in the in parking lots, and it wasn't perfect, and it was a very interesting stick on the okay. old Volvo. And this was another old Volvo um, okay. station wagon, though. It was a beast. And um, I learned to drive it, and I drove to work. And I used my mom's car all summer, so I learned how to drive stick. So you got like a free car, so you're working up, saving mm-hmm. up all summer. What are you saving up and for? Just for a new car. Okay. I, I had no idea what I wanted. Okay. Just I needed something to get me to school. Got it. That's all I cared about. And I needed to be able to pay cash. Just pay okay. it done. And uh so I'm driving my mom's Volvo, which, you know, worked out and everything, and I learned stick. And before that it wasn't too hard for me to learn stick because my friend Brett, who loves cars, mm-hmm. loves I met BMW. Yeah. No, yep. he's another BMW. He yeah. taught me on a tractor how to drive stick. Okay. <laughs> then he let me use his Jeep. To drive stick. And then I got to drive his dad's BMW to learn stick. So it was like go from like hardest, easiest, smooth. Got it. So it was kind of like just remembering. So then at the end of the summer, I had my money. And one of the women, one of my jobs was a waitress. Okay. Favorite job I've ever had. Favorite job you ever had. You were Um, amazing. You could have been waitress of the century. Yep. She worked at a used car place. Who worked at a used car place? One of the other waitresses. Oh, okay. So she said, come on down, you know. Come on down. (laughs) So I went down. And they had just got on the lot a Subaru Legacy. Subaru like Okay, what year? Not a Volvo, I know. I know, I'm like, I I don't know what to say. I wish I could remember. You wrote in it. 90-something. Okay, let's say it was a 95. Because it didn't have all-wheel drive. I remember that. No, it was was the year before they made all of them all-wheel drive. So there's a trivia question. Callers, anybody? So so there's no callers. It's not (laughs) a radio show. It's a podcast. All right, so there is... So you're looking at a 95 Legacy sedan or wagon? I think it was a 95 Legacy sedan. Sedan. Okay, so not a wagon. So it's a four-door sedan Legacy. But what's awesome about it was it was stick shift. That's right. I remember that. And that was fantastic because I really enjoyed driving stick all summer. So I was so excited. So they were like, yeah, go for a test drive. Here's the keys. You know, it's very lackadaisical when you know somebody who works there. Mm -hmm. And... I got in, and then I realized that the stick shift was entirely different than the old Volvo, which is like, (laughs) like, this is like all smooth. And I was like, wait, which gear, which one am I in? Almost crashed it. In the lot. Not in the lot. I was out of the lot, so no one saw. Okay. But I managed, this is a true story, I managed to drift down the hill into like this off-pass dirt pathway (laughs) to slow down. Because like... Like a truck, like a truck runoff. Yeah, it was something like so that, that because I couldn't get the gears to go, and I, you know, obviously you could brake, but who wants to brake in like a road with people behind, you know, like and yeah. then stuck. Yeah. So I ended up on its off road, and I was like, oh gosh, I have to get back. <laughs> it's like uphill, <laughs> but I did. You must have found first at some point. Yeah, I think it was just like going you know you go uphill i'm like all right i got this i got this and then i was like i'm going faster and i wasn't in the right gear and i just didn't I, there were people behind me i remember this and i was panicking like and i didn't want to like you know stall out on the highway i mean you know 22 year old girl stalls her car on the side of the road someone's gonna stop i can tell you that right now 
Well, <laughs> so you were in that much danger. I went in this like dirt path and I could turn around and kind of practice. And then by the time I got back there, I was fine. Got it. And I bought the car, paid in cash. It was like 3500 or something. That day. Just walked in, paid cash. Not that day. I told them to hold it. You, you know, she knew me, so she held it. Cool. So you got the legacy. Does it get you to college and back and do everything that you needed to do? And it was one of those cars at the time that, like, it was a cool car. Like, the Volvo was, like, famous for TTT. But, like, this had the CD player. (laughs) It had, like, like, the nice feature. Not the tape one. It had had its own actual CD player. So it became, like, a very, you know, oh, we'll ride in Britney's car, you know. It, it wasn't, was a like, nicer, fancy. But, but it was yeah. a nicer car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've got the legacy. What's your favorite story about the legacy? My favorite story was many, many years later. No, a couple years later with you. Me? Mm-hmm. What happened? What I did I do? I still had the legacy. And I met you on that street. We had to date people. It was Com uh, F. Yeah. You know. The street. You mean Com F in Boston mm-hmm. when you say the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. We yeah. went for a date and then you were visiting. So you, um, I was living there. You weren't. So I said mm-hmm. I would drive mm-hmm. and you got in the car and the look of absolute shock and just drooling <laughs> basically over me because it was a stick shift. Oh, yes. And then it got even better because I could drive it, according to you. Yeah, you could row you your own. like, wow, and you know how to drive. You're yeah. like, I'm speechless. Definitely knew how to drive then. And I did not know your passion for cars at that time. I don't think I knew my passion for cars as much at that time. I knew I had a passion for cars. I just couldn't afford any real cars, so it was tough to... You didn't know much about yourself then. Tough to... Yeah. I know. You've you've told me everything I need to know about myself by now, mm-hmm. 10 years in. All right. So, the legacy. I do remember getting in the car and being totally blown away that you had a stick. And the way you drove it, you know, you were revving it into 5,000 plus RPMs, then shifting, so you'd get really into the power range... The power band and, and then shift, um, I don't know, to a 21-year-old 20, kid. Yeah, you were 21. Yeah, 21-year-old kid. That was that was pretty hot. That was pretty sexy. Mm-hmm. And I drove that car until the end of the legacy is yeah, also memorable because I've never been in a car accident. And the one time I'm in a car accident is the day after you proposed to me. You proposed to me that night. And the next morning, the- I was driving to work. And I crashed it. <laughs> and, <laughs> crashed it. it. <laughs> and the guys, the people that came, because they had to make sure I was okay, because like airbags had been deployed, but I was fine. A little whiplash. Um, they said that it's one of the most common accidents is the girls are looking at their diamond ring. And this is before attention. cell phones, everyone texting constantly. Yeah, so no. like, so and It was not. The sun was blinding me. I mean, maybe it mm-hmm. hit the huge diamond on my hand and huge, caused huge. a reflection. <laughs> But I, uh, it was just somebody cut across the road, and mm. all of us hit our brakes. That random bird in flew in front of you and just, mm-hmm. just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Good news is I didn't hurt the person in front of me. Well, that's true, because that would have been fine. expensive. <laughs> My car was totaled, which was when we realized, okay, time to... Yeah, what did we get, get after that? 
We used my grandmother's Oh, that's for a right. While. It was a family hand-me-down but car for a while. Then the cars w- doors would freeze and you'd go around a corner and the door would open. What? Of the what? Mercury. They would freeze, remember that? The locks. So when you go around a corner, the door the door would swing open. <laughs> I don't remember this. Are you kidding me? We would drive and hold on to the doors. And that's when then we got pregnant and we were like, we can't have a kid in this car. Oh, that's right, because the doors would swing open. Oh and then we got the best car ever that I've ever driven in my entire life. What was that? What was the best car you've ever driven? The Audi Q7. Yeah, that was nice. It was a fun drive. 2007 Audi mm-hmm. Q7, too. Though the car I loved the most was my Subaru. I can see that. A lot of memories in the mm-hmm. Subaru, especially coming-of-age memories, so it's tough to mm-hmm. tough to shed those. Most laughable, the Volvo. That, certainly, since we had the most laugh. All right, so we've gone through your first car. We've gone through your favorite car story, meeting me in the Subaru. Um, That was just so you'll invite me on again. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to be on again. Let's get a little bit back to Alfa Romeo. Had you ever heard of Alfa Romeo before you met me at all? Ooh. I don't think so. I hey, I had never heard of Alfa Romeo until like four years ago. So probably not. I mean, the only time I the reason I paused is because I went to Monte Carlo, mm-hmm. but I think I was more obsessed with the Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Porsche. Yeah, I don't think that there were any. I yeah. mean, even even if you're Monte, well, there were some old cars, you know, that were beautiful. Oh well, maybe you saw an Alfa Romeo there, you but know, it wouldn't have stood out as an Alfa. But that's the only reason. Wasn't there an Alfa in a James Bond? There is an Alpha and a James Bond. Do you know what movie it is? Is it the one in Monte Carlo and then I get like a gold star? No, for the day? it's James Bond. Well, there's a couple Alphas, I think, in James Bond, but the one that's famous is in James Bond Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I remember that. <laughs> I am not kidding. That is there's an Alpha Romeo GTB6. Now, that he here's your extra trivia. Which actor was James Bond in that movie? Oh, it's not Roger Moore. It's one of the ones that... It was a big flop. It was a terrible movie. Well, it was named Octopus. I know. Stored there. <laughs> all right. So, first of all, do you need any more wine before we go into the next one? I part? still have some. Okay. Do you need more? Your glass is I, empty. My, my glass is empty. That's a problem. I guess I'll get my own drink. <laughs> I guess I'll get my own drink. Because that's, that's how oh, we I'm are, right? Oh, I'm supposed to go get well, it? Well, I don't know. We're in, you know... I got your drink. You get my drink. I'm the guest. All right. I'll get my drink. Come back. <laughs> I'm the guest. I, I, I am. I've had a lot of cars, though, because after the Audi, we had the... Nine Volvos. Yeah, a lot of Volvos. I had the Buick. The Buick? No, the Buick Enclave that we had. We had to trade up the Audi because the seats didn't work when you wanted more kids. No, I can believe it because I'm married to you. We have an alpha in the garage. My garage. Okay, so I'm I'm refilled here. <laughs> so, um. What do you, <laughs> of course, I got an Alfa Romeo back in here. So, what do you truly think 
our this is for everyone on the internet and the two listeners we have. <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mom. <laughs> does she even listen? <laughs> yes, she does. She, she figured it out last the other day. <laughs> what do you really think of having an Alfa Romeo project car in the garage? Hmm. It's obviously it's my car. I have an Alfa Romeo project car in the garage. It's a Julia, seventy three. So I've been told. And I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a seventy three Julia. I know it's a Julia. I didn't know it was seventy three. Yeah, it's supposed to be seventy three. We have no idea until I go to try and register the damn thing. But what do you truly think of having the Alfa? You could be honest. How honest? <laughs> Brutal honesty. Is all people care yeah, about. On I, the I like. What it's supposed to look like. I like what I've learned from you about Alpha. So you like the design. Mm-hmm. And I like what I've learned about you and what the car represents. So there's a. I personally think there's a great backstory. You know, mm-hmm. Alpha. There's no reason they should have made that car because it never probably made them any money whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Clearly, since by seventy five or eighty they were run significant financial troubles mm-hmm. um but i mean as your wife yes i'm jealous of your mistress as you call her in the <laughs> in the garage mistress <clears throat> your uh your backup yeah i think the alpha is probably my backup at least mm-hmm. short term mm-hmm. so it's a long-term project it's a, long- <laughs> it's, it's a long-term project um it's probably a Volvo out there that you're <laughs> making it look like an Alpha. <laughs> it's not a Volvo that I'm carving into an Alpha. No, it is an Alpha. Okay. Um, I think it's cool all that you were able to do. Oh, like work on it. Mm-hmm. Like, like That's work on hot. it. That's kind of You can like do an engine and all that stuff. Okay. I think that's interesting and, you know, better than other things. You could be, you know... At happy hour every night. Well, that's true. Could be at the bar. As our friend Craig, we were joking because, you know, he's the same way. He's like, yeah, I could be out at the bar or I could be working with the wood. So Yeah, Craig's a big woodworker. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely something. Okay, so honest honest to God's truth, you like the project because it keeps me off of Craigslist and out of the bars and takes up all of your garage space. It it. That that is that is painful. That it takes up the garage because <laughs> I have the best car ever that deserves to be protected. Oh, really? In the garage, no one has any idea what you drive. And you- your garage is so filthy and disorganized and disgusting that I can't find anything that I need. It it's There's more. My rant. It's like the chaos of control is what I refer to it as. Hmm. And every time I open the garage, I swear people slow down to see inside of it. Because your car is famous when it got dropped off. And I was nine <laughs> nine months pregnant, people. And the rust bucket gets dropped off. <laughs> and even really the guy rusty. dropping it off apologized. What do you mean? He apologized? Stopped. Yes. He what do you like, say? I'm sorry. How did he talk you into this one? It's like... <laughs> You see my swollen belly, swollen feet. Did I mention it's August in Memphis? 
nine months pregnant. My husband <laughs> spends a ridiculous amount of money on a rust bucket. Ridiculous. Okay, maybe it was ridiculous for, for what the it was. Rust bucket. For what it was, it a was neighbor a neighbor slows down to tell us what. Like, come talk to my wife. She'll she'll explain it to yeah, you. Yeah, because he's a car guy. We have a neighbor who rebuilds engines and stuff, and he happened to be driving by that day when I got home, and <clears throat> they drove by and stopped and wanted to know what car it was. They didn't know what it was. It was that rusty. And the wife, like, took you aside separately to talk to you and said, I'll explain it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because there was no way apparently I could explain it to you. So this random neighbor, almost mm-hmm. a stranger, said, I'll explain it to you, Brittany. Mm-hmm. She was that concerned for your mental health. <laughs> yes. It's a bad one. The cover of your podcast should really be the rust bucket instead of the alpha symbol. <laughs> to be honest. My most mom alphas had some look of the best like comments that. about it. I know mother she'll be on, I think, someday. You you yourself said the best one though. It was well no, mother said the best, but just yesterday you told our little tiny baby not to touch the car and you're like, Well, at least this time if you touch it you don't need a tetanus shot. <laughs> That's true. There is no rust on it anymore. Yes. That we can visibly see and remove. Yes, that's true. It looks more like a car. It does look like a car. It has all the fenders on it. That's going to count it for does. something. It's all black. It's all one color at the moment. It's not finished in one color, but it will soon be at some point this summer, towards the next summer, next year, be all one color and finished. Mm-hmm. So, net, net, the project, generally positive, has some big negatives, though. Huge negatives. <laughs> Huge. It's going to be huge. Huge Huge negative. You just lost all our Tennessee listeners. But generally positive. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? I mean, we've heard about your first car. No one knows what my final car is. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You haven't mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Well, our dear Mike and Angie, they named it the Shaggin' Wagon. Yeah, it's a Volvo yep. wagon. <laughs> no, it's that not. That would be even better. No. no, I said I would never, ever drive this car. I was an SUV girl. Never, Forever, ever. Because I had the Audi Q7, then I had the Buick Enclave. Loved it. But with three kids in car seats, was too much. I needed more room. Mm-hmm. So the car that I said I would never, ever drive, I am now driving the Honda Odyssey. How amazing Mini is it? Minivan. How amazing is it on the inside Tell when you're you driving what, it? On the outside, it looks better than they used to, right? It does look better than they used to. Yeah. Once you get in, though, it has everything you need. Button, boom, door opens. <laughs> has a button for everything. Everything moves. The only thing I can't figure out right now is every time I get him in the car, the car, the, the seat moves. My seat moves back. And I guess it's to like let you in, but I don't need to be let in. Like, did you program it on That's me? That's the to programmable your... seat. <laughs> it's not letting but you in. I can't figure out how to oh program God. it back. It's uh, bothering me because it's for your you, legs, you not mine. S- you set the seat and then just press uh, number one on the seat door and it will There's no hold it down. There's no number one on the seat door? You think I'm making it up? Just hold the button down till it beeps. Or blinks or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's set for your key. that you talk about, but it drives oh, me nuts. It's there. We can Every go out and do it after this podcast. All right, all right, we're way off track. 
Yes. We can do this after the podcast. Is your is alpha going to have the automatic seat? Um, there won't be automatic seat, but it will be power seat. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we're going to put power seats in. Because we plan to take it on some trips at some point, and so we want to be really comfortable. I don't want it to be mm. really difficult to ride in and uncomfortable, because then we won't want to take it anywhere. Mm. So I want it to be, even though it won't be the most period correct thing, because it is a street it's a street racer. It's not going to be a, a restoration of an alpha because it was too far gone. But um, it will be very comfortable. Recaro power seats. You'll be able to adjust everything. Lumbar support, leg support, everything. You know, this just made you go from like cool alpha to like old alpha because you're talking about the comfort level instead of like how it drives and I know. how it looks. Really, it's all about how it drives and how sexy it is. You just grew a but, few more gray hairs. I know, but I'm thinking about us. I'm thinking about us and how comfortable we are. We have the minivan for comfort. You heard it first, everyone. <laughs> Your my wife is pushing me for a more sporty, harsher ride. No, I'm fine with the comfortable seats. We just don't need to talk about it. What you should be talking about is like the engine and how fast oh, yeah, it will how, go yeah, and how true. how it will feel to drive it. That'll be another podcast, I feel like. But definitely when you actually let your wife drive it. You'll be able to drive it anytime you like. Just don't ever crash it or break it. Mm. Actually, you can break it. Just don't crash it. Well, just don't propose to me again. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> On that <laughs> crushing <laughs> bombshell <clears throat> of news, we're going to end. That's it. It's over. Billy, you didn't even let me do my sign off. Mic drop. To end the podcast today, I just want to say you can contact me again at alfaromeopodcast at gmail.com. Please, please drive interesting cars. Life is too short to miss out on the experience and fun of driving something awesome. See you next week.